0: please turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. There are no contradictions in God's Word. But sometimes we emphasize one thing to the point that we forget about the other. Our God is in a perfect balance. Did you know that? I believe it's through the prophet Malachi that it says, You are the Lord who changes not. Therefore the sons of Jacob are not consumed. Just suppose tomorrow morning God said, from now on, the first time somebody sins, they die. How long do you suppose we would survive? I eat third breakfast. You are right, sir. Well, we don't want to think about that possibility. What about the other? What if the Lord said, starting tomorrow morning, I won't punish any sin in thought, attitude, word or deed. Everybody gets off scot-free. They can do anything, and they can do scot offense. If you have anything that would formally be called a sin, Forget about it. How long do you think we last? Again, I don't think we last very long. You see, God affords us a perfect balance of justice and mercy. Only in the Lord is another psalm that says righteousness and peace have kissed one another. you got to be kind of close to kiss. Don't you? But let's make sure that we know the truth about a thing. Don't understate it. And don't overstate it. When we talk about man's sin, we use an expression sometimes, total depravity. And that means you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. So, was, well, I've been saved. I yeah, mean, you're a sinner saved by grace. Like one man liked to tell me, hey, you're either a saint or you ain't. But a saint is a sinner who's been saved by grace. I had a man try to tell me, "Well, once you're saved, you're not a sinner anymore." Oh, really? He shouldn't be there at Sunday school, less. And I said, "Well, Paul said this is a faithful saying worthy we all expectation." That Christ Jesus came to die for sinners of whom I am chief. I'm the worst of a bunch, folks. I used to be, I still am. I don't think Paul robbed any banks after he came to be saved. I don't think he committed adultery. I don't think that he committed any thing that would be to our eye to our estimation of sin that we can perceive but you know you can sin an awful lot just in your head you can covet twice Paul said covetousness is idolatry so when we talk about total depravity it's all of us it's all the time there's always the potential the way we think it's messed up. Proverbs 21 says, The plowing of the wicked is sin. Does that mean it's sinful to be a farmer? No. But if you're a sinner, everything you do, it's like the little child. Mama loves that little child. Little child goes out in the garden and sees her pretty flowers and breaks them off and walks in with his muddy boots gets it all over the floor that she just got through sweeping and bopping. Look, Mama I brought this for you. Well, I love the child. (laughs) just bought that floor. I just planted those flowers. (laughs) We may think we have the best of intentions, but if our mind, if our will, if our heart not right with God, that's what we mean by total of I want you to know there's some false notions about the doctrine of man's total depravity. You see the statement of the fact, but also a correction to some of the flaws we might have. And it's in the 13th verse of Luke 11. The Lord is saying, let me tell you something. You dads, if your boy asks for something... It would be good for him. You don't give him something bad for him. And so, after he gives three examples of that, in verses 11 and 12, in verse 13, Jesus, talking to men, says, If ye then, being evil, Jesus did not say, You know, we're all really basically good. That's what the world says or programmed to believe. That's not what Jesus said. I'm going to take Jesus' word for it. How about you? If ye then be evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. But they're wicked. But the Lord said, even you can do something that is a good thing for your children. You see, the Lord can squeeze an awful lot of theology just in one word. How much more should your Heavenly Father, who is not evil, who does only good? Every good and perfect work, gift comes down from the Father of life. With it, there's no variable, it's a shadow of eternity. He doesn't change. He is always right. He sends rain on the just as well as the unjust. understand while we were away, it rained two or three times. Folks in California really hoping and praying for rain. They had another fire on the border between California and Nevada up there in the Mountains. And uh, they said zero percent containment. On the other hand, there's folks in Kentucky. Uh, what is up to 40 50 that have been destroyed from the flooding in Kentucky? Okay. So some parts of the country, not enough water. In some parts, too much. Again, that balance. Be thankful. The Lord gives His people exactly what He's pleased to give them. When, where, why, and how He is pleased to do so. And so, when we talk about the total depravity of man, it doesn't mean you're only a sinner on Monday Wednesday Friday, and you're a saint. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and hopefully Sunday too. No. No. Every day ends in a Y. But we have a sinful mindset. We have a thing known as the old man. The flesh. The man of sin. That's sin nature. And when I sin, it's not the new man that sins. It's not Christ in me that sins. It's that old man just like my great-great-great-great-grandpa, Adam, and you are too. I'm going to be honest. I want to give you five thoughts that get kicked around sometimes. Because I believe in total depravity, Okay? And therefore I believe... And then they'll make a statement that does not square with the Scripture. And sometimes well being people will say so. Years ago... In fact, the preacher that said this has probably been dead 20 years, I think he's learned better. He was preaching once, and he says, why? Well, you know, the non white don't even have a conscience. And there were people that said amen. I didn't find that in Scripture. I find just the opposite in Scripture. Now, you can train your children, and you ought to train your children about what is right. And I've had people, well, I don't know. If, you know, they're unregenerate. You're still supposed to train them. You're still supposed to inculcate in them the fear of God. In the fact, that there are standards. Maybe mama and daddy don't emphasize such a thing in such a way, to such a degree, but God's standards are pretty clear. In Romans chapter 2, I want you to look at verse 15 with me it talks about the law in this context now Paul coming up as a Jew he knew what the law was but he operated a lot of times because he was the apostle to the Gentiles he was comfortable talking to Jews but he was also used of God to move in that world he was a Roman citizen he had a Greek-style education. He could move between three worlds. Jew, Gentile, and among the Gentiles, the Greeks, and the Romans. He wasn't a fish out of water anywhere he went. He could talk to the common player. He could talk to the high, you know, Mayor McCheeses and all that. He's talking about the Gentiles in verse 15. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. You say, Well, they're a sinner. Yes, they are. They're they're wicked through and through. Yes, but God has indelibly put something of His law word even in them. Their conscience also bearing witness. As I said, this preacher said, Why, those folks don't even have a conscience. That doesn't square with this now, does it? They do have a conscience. They might have tried to sag their conscience. They might have, as we're going to see what Paul says, has seared their conscience. You can burn your skin to the point where you don't feel anything if it's burned too too badly. It doesn't mean your skin stops existing. No. And their thoughts are meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So, men do have a conscience. I mentioned that idea of searing. That's what Paul talks about over here. Uh, we look again in Sunday school. Sunday school really helped set me up in your church preaching hour. In 1 uh, Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, we look in 2 Timothy 4. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 it says speaking lies in hypocrisy. They're not only liars, they're hypocrites. They say, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, they do it all the time. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Let's talk about unregenerate people seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils. So, let's not say, since I believe that man is a sinner. Hey, he doesn't have a conscience. You can't prove that from the Scripture. In fact, the Scripture that proves just the opposite. Let's move on. Sometimes people say, wait a minute, you're saying I'm a sinner? I've done a lot of good things. I gave some clothes to the goodwill. I gave some money to the march at dimes. Why, I, I, I give to all kinds of, of uh, good work programs. Sometimes I talk to sinners and tell them you need Jesus Christ well I'm basically a good person and they give a list of all the things they've done they gave some money they donated some time they got involved in in this that and the other is it wrong for us to be involved with our fellow man of course not as much as possible do good unto all men especially to those who are in the household of faith the Lord sees what we do And if you give something to somebody and you encourage somebody and you're part of the solution rather than part of the problem, even if they spit in your face over it, you do it for the right reason. Jesus said in the 25th of Matthew, inasmuch as you do this to the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. You wouldn't spit in Jesus' eye, would you? Somebody else does a thing to you And you say, I'm going to do back to them. No. Scripture also encourages be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. A lot of good examples of that. But there is the idea that the natural man can't do anything that's praiseworthy in the eyes of man. That's not true. That's not true. A lot of people think they're going to heaven because they did such and such a good deed. I told you about the lady in my hometown when she died. The minister said, "Well, we know she's in heaven because anybody who loves cats that much can't be all bad." I can't find any scripture to support that; just the opposite fact. Right? Yes, we talked about Proverbs twenty-one, four: "The plowing wicked is sin." It's not a sin to plow. It's the sinful lifestyle if you're one of the wicked. Everything you do is polluted, is compromised if you're a sinner. Some people, you know, I believe in God. That's pretty good, isn't it? James 2.19 says, thou believe us? there's one God. where you go? The demons also believe and tremble. If you have no more faith and has a demon... That's not really a good nomination, Now is it? And yet a lot of people say, I believe in God. I, I, I respect the good book. I drive right past the church every once in a while and think about the fact that well, I, I'm as good as then outside of Jesus Christ. And it's true. Because without Jesus Christ who paid the price, who was the sacrifice, there's no difference between us and them. Anybody else. So before you look down your nose know at somebody else, said, they're sinners. Yeah, one finger points and 3.5. Because that's the mean two. Now, for example, in Mark 10, the Lord talks about, well, actually the, uh, the disciple of Mark records it, and we find the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 10. There's this fellow, and evidently he's a pretty influential fellow in his community. We refer to him as, the Scripture does, a certain rich man. He was accomplished. He was a pretty good fellow. He put some Joe schmo in his eyes. Mark 10, starting in verse 17. And when he, that's the Lord, was gone forth into the way, there came one running. He was eager to talk to Jesus. And kneeled to Him. He's got the right posture. His approach is good. His first impression is of one who seems to be sincere. So let's pay attention to this young man. And ask him, Good Master! So he knows something about Jesus. Calls Him Good Master. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? I just want to know what I, it takes to just put me over the over the top. I want to make, you know, I've got this and I've got that, but I just want to make sure. I got all my ducks in a row. I want to make it to heaven. Tell me what I gotta do. Jesus said to him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. So there's total depravity again. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And you'll find those, of course, in the Ten Commandments. Ten Commands! God gave twice to the Hebrew people. You read about Exodus 20 and then a repetition of the next generation in Deuteronomy 5. Ten Commands! And he said, I haven't violated the first or the second or the third or the fourth or i got a good record. And he didn't say anything about number 10. And number 10 is the kicker. It says, thou shalt not covet. If I were coveting right now, you couldn't tell, now could you? If you're coveting right now, I couldn't tell either. Unless you show your hand. Most of us have a filter that keeps us from letting us know what we're thinking. I like a certain young lady who had nothing to focus on. In a lecture I was giving about ancient history and just bored out what she was thinking, I wasn't thinking about anything about way back then. That's the problem. Our minds might be a million miles away from what God has said. This is where our attention needs to be. So the, the young man he says, hey, and he answered and said Master, all these have I observed from my youth. I'm a pretty good guy. Ask anybody. But I'm telling you right now. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Only one? Piece of cake. I'll have this done before noon, he thought. Go thy way, sell whatever thou hast and give to the poor. Now shall I have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Now some people take that to mean, I give a bunch of stuff to poor people, I'll make heaven. Now a lot of godly people have done such, but doing the thing does not make you rhyme. If you could teach a pig to quack like a duck, He wouldn't grow feathers. Just because somebody says or does a thing to our observation doesn't mean they've been changed on the inside. It tells us in verse 22 that young man went away. He was grieved. He had great possessions. And I don't think it'd be wrong to say the possessions had him. They had a hold on him. I couldn't come to Christ. I have to give up my lifestyle. I'd have to give up this and that and the other. I would have to change my thinking. Congratulations. You understand one of the things about the fact. Paul says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. You march to a new drummer now. It's not what you always thought, it's not what other people told you. It's what God says. How do I know what God says? That's why we got the Bible. That's why it's here. In Luke eighteen, it tells about an unjust judge. The first seven verses tell about the fact that there's this guy who he really didn't care what God said. He really didn't care what men thought about him. But this woman came and she she just kept hammering away, hammering away. And he finally said, "I'm only doing this because I want you off my back, lady." He was an unjust judge. Get the wrong mindset. But even he did something that was good as far as the lady was concerned. Now, we saw already in Luke 11 that uh, passage is, of course, echoed in the Gospel of Matthew as well. Matthew chapter 7, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7 verse 11. Again, Jesus said, If ye then be evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. You buy the kid's clothes. You feed them. You put a roof over their head. You do all these things and say, surely these are good things. Well, on the horizontal, yes they are. If you're not right with God, you have a vertical relationship to think about. What does God say about us? It's not that what you're doing is wrong, but it's you that's wrong. It's you that's messed up. It's you that's got to be fixed. A wise man told me long ago, even a stop clock is right twice a day. Take the battery out of that clock and it still will be right two times a day. And then there's the idea that every man has committed every sort of sin. well, Let's just say they have the potential to do so. Some old souls, they wouldn't do such and such. How do you know? Do we really know what's in the heart of man? The Old Testament prophet says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can't really know. You hear about me or anybody else having done a thing? It's possible. Oh, I know that person. You don't know me like God knows me. I don't know you like God knows you. So we need to understand that there are some sins that, if you will, kind of cancel each other out. You know, some people are involved in what we would call profligacy. That is, they're very poor stewards. They don't think about their time, their money, their energy, their talents. They just throw it. Wasted away. Maybe they have a bottle that they're attracted to, or a needle in their arm, or something else. That would be a sin. Then there are other people. I knew a guy I grew up with, I saw him not too long ago, and he says, You know, I never got any drugs. I said, No, that's good. He said, Yeah, it costs too much. Uh, I remember Dad used to buy a little pack of cigarettes and give up the whole carton for. It. I think it was $1.99, something like that. And uh, <laughs> I don't think you can get a patent cigarette for that. There. It has a of going up, up, up. But let's not say, well, they're totally afraid. They have done everything in the book, not necessarily. But if you've broken one of the laws, see how sudden it's You break one of the laws, you've broken them all. If you call the police tonight and say, there's a burglar in my backyard. Uh, how do he get there? He came over the west wall. Oh well, uh, this is the north wall, police. If he's in your backyard, come over the west wall. You need to call another department. No. Whether he got in through the north, the south, the east, or the west, whether he dropped in by parachute or tunneled in through a hole that he does, if he's a trespasser, He's a trespasser. That leak in your tire, no matter where it is, it's going to flatten the tire. I uh, didn't appreciate the room when he saw it flatten. He said, it's only flat on the bottom. Thanks a lot. The boat is leaking in the front. Well, I'll just sit in the back of the boat. That's not going to help you much, George. Your name's George Dole. That's just the way it is. We, we need to understand that Everyone has the capacity, the potential. But that doesn't mean that we have... But it does say very clearly, all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. You might have lusted about a thing. You might have lied about a thing. You might have stolen a thing. Well, I, I wouldn't do such and such. I was told about a society with secrets and part of the pledge is, I will not rape another man's wife if he's of our same group. What a noble ambition. No, that's hypocrisy of the worst order. There's a fourth thought. We're going to go back to Romans 2 for this. Because there's some people that suppose that the natural man cannot conform externally to God's righteous demands. You know, if you're unregenerate, even if you're in the church house, even if you have a Bible in your lap, even if you're paying attention to the prayers and the songs and the sermon, the Lord knows your heart, the Lord knows your mind, and you can go through the motions. You all know, remember how many apostles Jesus had? How many apostles did Jesus call during his earthly ministry? Yes, twelve. And yet, in the 6th of John, Jesus said, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil. Not a one of them said, Yeah, we know what he's talking about. That dirt bag Judas Iscariot. What's he doing here? He's there because the Lord chose him to be part of that group. On the night the Lord was betrayed, He said, This night, all of you are going to betray me. But there's one who will, in a most memorable way, you will betray when they said, Who'd that be? In fact, they each said, Is it me? Is it me? And when Judas is scary, he said, everybody else is, I better ask you. I don't want people to know that I'm really the the one. And so when he said, the Lord said, thou must say. They said, let me tell you something. When I reach down to this stew and pull out a big chunk of meat and give it to this person, that's the one's gonna do it. And he reached in and he handed it to Judas, and Judas took it. And Judas took off. And as he's going out, Jesus said, what thou doest? Do it quickly. There's no record in any of the Gospels that any of the other eleven says, that just tears it. It's Judas. He's the rat. He's the dirty dog. No. No. Just, you know, Judas has a trusted position. No offense to treasurers. But uh, the worst one didn't set a good example, now, did he? It didn't occur to them, at least as far as they're speaking about him, that Judas would betray Jesus as he did. Read Acts 1 and see how Peter talked about him. The one who betrayed the innocent blood. Well, Romans 2 14, somebody said, well, you know, the Jews, they had the law. Yes, given by the disposition of angels. Stephen said in Acts chapter 7. So what about the Gentiles? They don't have the law. Not in the sense that it was given to them from the mount, announced by Moses. No. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. Maybe you had a kindergarten teacher. Maybe you had a grandma. Maybe you had a parent that said, Don't lie. Don't steal. And maybe that becomes ingrained in your mind. You can't make excuses. Well, it's okay. No, it's not okay. When the Gentiles, who have not the law, do by nature things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. So don't suppose that the natural man can't go through the motions, can't act like, you know, there are an awful lot of people who, when they end this life, first funeral I was ever involved with, I went with the man whose name was also Steve and his wife, of 30, she's 37 years old, and she was, and life was snuffed out, head on, head on collision. The fellow's sitting there in his old typewriter and he's typing up her name and all this and he took. was she a member of any church? There are an awful lot of people, even in 2022, where they say, well, member remember a church. Or they go to a church. Or they live next door to the church. Or they can spell church. Or whatever they might happen to say. Any, any straw, they'll grab at. It's not a question of maybe we can get them in the door this way and that way. Because men can go through the motions. Ben M. Bogart was was, uh, debating a man who took a very, very foul view about the security of the believer. And he referred to the fellow as brother. And he says, well, if I missed you in Christ, I'd hit you in Adam. Because we're all brothers and sisters in Adam. None of you are gorillas or peacocks or pine trees or anything like that. We're all humans. We're all descended from Adam. So you can thank Adam for a lot of stuff. Maybe you don't want to thank him for the fact that you're also a sinner. But we all have inherited from him. But we can still go through the motions. We really can. Sometimes we do. The last thought. Sometimes people say, well, if you're totally depraved, I guess that means you're just as bad as you could possibly be. No, no, it could get worse. You could do worse. That's what Paul told Timothy in his second inspired letter. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. Right after he says, all that will live godly in Jesus, Christ Jesus, shall suffer persecution. By the way, if you suffer persecution, it shouldn't surprise you if you know what your Bible says. God didn't make a mistake. God's not asleep at the switch. No, that's standard operating procedure. That's how God makes a diamond of the longer coal that we are. But, Paul says in verse 13, evil men and seducers show wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. You read the headlines from years ago, and it seems like people had generally a, a much healthier regard for their fellow man. We have seen wickedness. We have seen debauchery. We have seen the fangs of Satan, if you will. We've seen the striving of the flesh. We've seen the pressures of this world. Sometimes I mean, boy it's just getting worse or people, the Lord must be coming. Well, we know the Lord's coming. He could come today. I wouldn't have any complaint about that. I hope you would either. It might not be for long. Who no, knows? But Paul says, it's not going to get better, folks. It is going to get worse. So when we talk about this teaching in the Word. Man is corrupt in every way. It affects all of his faculties. The way you think, the way you feel, the way you talk, the way you walk. Everything about you. You're a sinner. So am I. If you've been saved by grace, tell people about it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Sometimes people, I don't know if I want to go on record as being one of those people because then I'll have a target on my back. Yeah, well, it comes with the territory. Right. Be like the young man says, well, I would go on the service, but people will be shooting at me. Maybe. That's, that's just part of the job. Somebody gave me a song. Today, uh, a song. A song. It said, today's pastor must have the heart of a child. That's me. The mind of a scholar. I've tried it. And the hide of the rhinoceros. If you're lily-livered, that's not what the child of God needs to be. If you're a fair-weather patriot, if you're a closet Christian, well, I don't mean this the way other people mean it, but come out of the closet, folks. Take a stand for Jesus Christ. Because when you die, it won't really matter how many of those fancy stamps and coins you might have saved up? It won't matter. I got a cousin. old 301. Somebody said, no, he did Yes, he did. You ever meet somebody <laughs> to bowl 300 and lost? But he has bowl a 300 store. More than once. Pretty good. But what's that going to matter in heaven? I know a guy, he's got a drag race. He can really zip it. Up and down the road, but I don't think there'll be drag races in heaven. The things that we put so much time and attention and energy in, not going to be in heaven. We're going to be occupied with learning what God has for us to learn, and doing and saying what God wants us to do and to say. I quote preacher: I knew. He said, "Some people say." I just, I just, uh, I get caught up quick on going to church. And he says, What's going to be like when we get to heaven? It's church, church, church all the time. Huh? It's not going to be a mutual admiration society in heaven. It's going to be all glory to him. Yeah. We're going to think like the angels more. We're going to talk and walk more like the angels more. We won't have these diversions, you won't have to eat. You will have to sleep. You will have to go to the doctor. You will have to do pay bills. A lot of wonderful things about heaven. Because our priority will be our presence. An eternal presence with the Lord. Is that something to look forward to? Does that something excite you? Amen. Right. Hope you'll think on those things. Brother, let's have a couple of lessons.